listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston on his series, Are You Listening? David, are you listening? I'm here. That's good. It's good to have you with us this morning. <laughs> yeah, good to be with you, Jason. It's of course, uh, you know, we, we are remote from each other, and so uh, sometimes we're not quite sure whether the other person's listening or not. So, um, but uh, we, most of the time we are listening. <laughs> Correct. So that's a good thing. David, uh, you like to share a proverb at the beginning of our program, and uh, what have you got for us today? I've got an interesting proverb today, proverb chapter 10 and verse 2 and 3, or a couple of proverbs if you like, but they're they're, uh, interlinked. Let me read them this morning. I'm going to read from the New King James. And Proverbs 10, starting at verse 2, says, Treasures of the wicked profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desire of the wicked. And I thought this was an interesting verse. He says, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish. Uh, And yet, um, or in another version, it says he will deliver the righteous from death. And and I wonder, well, I know some righteous people. Why why do they die? Everyone seems to die anyway. Mm. Um, And what is there after, after that? And how does this righteousness that the Bible talks about deliver us from death? Uh, I've known many good people outside the Bible. I mean, there's a number inside the Bible, of course. You know, you have Enoch and Elijah that we have records that they didn't die. They went to heaven. But outside of that, you know, Moses, God called him, you know, a really good man. And he he spoke to him face to face. He was He was a special person. And yet he died. Mm. Um, there were lots of others in the Bible that were called um, good or saints, uh, you know, God's people. or The apostles, Paul was included in that. He writes a third of our New Testament. There were all the reformers, and yet they all died. So if even the living um, good people, really good people, uh, die, then, you know, what's the Bible saying here? It's really odd the way it's it's framed in some versions that he delivers us from death so if everyone dies whether you're good or not why not just live it up and do mm. what you like and you know what's the point but the big question that people ask is well what is there after death um, and should it make any impact on what your life is here and i believe that this pro- proverb is saying something else but exactly what is it saying and and that's why i chose these these verses today because I think they're a really good lead-in to today's program, which we've entitled Life After Life. And it speaks about what happens after this life comes to an end. And we'll touch on that today. We're going to expand on that topic. We're going to do some digging right into the Bible on some of those verses. And we're going to try and find out what is it that happens after this life, if anything, and how should it impact this life that we're actually living today. Mm-hmm. Well, um, would you like to give a, a little bit of a recap before we go on with that uh, of where we've come from? Where in this we've series? been? Yeah. yeah, we've covered a lot of ground, haven't we? 
We have. You know, we've, yeah. we've confirmed the Bible as a trustworthy source, and, and I really believe that's the best place to start always. There's no point studying something as foundational truth if you don't know you can trust it. So that was the very first thing we did. We, we set that as foundational truth. And then we went through the contents. We saw, well, what was God like? Uh, what's he done and where evil came from and how he's provided a solution to that. We've looked at how we can join his eternal kingdom and then what he wants us to do as citizens of that kingdom here on earth before we get there. Um, so that's really good. Now, I'm kind of giving insights into into today's program mm. by recapping, but, but these are really important things. So today we're looking at how it all happens. But, you know, we looked at obedience, changed hearts, uh, the character or the character traits that God wants us to have, the infilling that he gives us on this special day called Shabbat and how he wants us to be infilled every week, but not just every week, every day. And, and changes us as he does that into the people he wants us to be. We looked at what Jesus is doing for us right now, and then we looked at the great reunion that God has in store for us. And that covered the things like, well, you know, if we're alive and Jesus comes tomorrow, we're off we go and we're going to be with him. But it doesn't answer the question about what happens when you die. And that's the program we're going to look at today. What's happened to the people in the past? What happens if I die tomorrow? Um, do I have something promising to look forward to, or is there nothing at all? So mm. that's where we were going to look today. So I'd encourage you, if you haven't uh, caught up with all of those uh, past topics, then uh, go to the Faith FM website or download the Faith FM app. You can get that from the Google or Apple App Store, Faith FM Australia. And uh, on the website, yeah, go to Programs and Podcasts and find Are You Listening or Tassie Encounters. They're on both of those podcasts and uh, have a listen to them. They're uh, well worth having a good listen to to catch up on where we're at. But today, David, um, mm. it's life after life, and I think mm. we've got a bit of a listener question. We have. We have. There's been a lot that's been said about near-death experiences, so I would really like some interaction today about anyone who's had a near-death experience or they've brushed death in some way. Now, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, the lightning struck, you know, the next suburb, I nearly died. You know, you didn't. Mm. <laughs> it was way away. But if you have had an experience where you could have died, you really could have, uh, you, you know, you, you, your flight got cancelled and the plane crashed, you know, um, you could have died. <laughs> Tell me about the experience. Um, if you <clears> – <throat> I've seen some clips on the internet and how – they're near misses, and mm. some of them just, oh, they make your skin crawl. Mm. You know, someone's standing on the footpath, and they look up, and you see them on the video take a step sideways, and a car just goes straight past them, mm. rolling or, you know, banging to a pole or something like that, and they really just brushed death. And I had an experience when I was 18. I had my own car. It was big. It was powerful. It was a, a Ford, of course. I was Sorry a, for all I was you a Holden, Holden listening. I was a Holden person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Well, we've got both kinds here today. Holden and Ford. Let's have a bit of a debate about that. But yeah, not, I was uh, not not much longer for Holdens, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So anyway, we, I had this V eight uh, Ford. 
big panel van and uh, it was pretty fast. And I can remember racing it in Brisbane. I hope none of the police are listening, but I think it's beyond the... Uh, what do they call that? The the time frame that they can get you for? The statute of limitations. <laughs> That's I think, the one. I think it's it? beyond that now. That's it. <laughs> but I was only eighteen at the time, and and I remember speeding with uh, a friend. We were racing. It was wet, and it was uh, I think it was an eighty k zone, and I was doing well over that. And I I came up over a hill. I was in the right lane, and as I came up over the hill, there was a car pulling out in the centre lane, in my lane, and I knew I wasn't very good in the wet. Um, I'd already had an experience where I'd spun off the road in the wet. So I immediately decided, oh, I have to get out of that lane. This all happened in just a few seconds. My friend who was racing with me, he saw it as well. He had backed off. I pulled into his lane on the left. So I pulled into the left lane. And then, and then I looked up and realised that the man who has, or the person who was pulling out, had realised I was coming and I've got to get in the left lane. And so he moved into the left lane. All of this at the same time. And all I can remember from that point is seeing a bus uh, a bus lane. You know, the buses pull in and there's a big mm. concrete bus shelter. I remember seeing the bus lane. I saw the bus shelter. And the next thing I knew, I was in front of the man mm. and looking in my rearview mirror and thinking, what just happened? How did I get around him in the space of that bus shelter? That, that, that shouldn't be possible. Mm. You know, I didn't go smashing into the, the bus shelter. I, I was just in the front, and I can remember that the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up, and I thought, I don't know what just happened. I saw him behind me. I saw my friend behind him. And I, my friend never told me what he saw, but he just said, I, I don't know how you did that. I don't know how you got around him like that. Mm. To me, that was a brush with death. And it... It really made me wake up. It made me realise that I wasn't alone in this world and that someone was watching out for me mm. because I shouldn't have survived that. Uh, I wasn't that good of a driver. So I would really love to hear people's experiences. So can you give me that question again, please, Jason? Have you ever had a near-death experience or brushed death in some way? We'd love to hear from you today, so do text us in. On zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, please uh, text us in and share your experience. This first song is called "The Image of God" by Sunset Worship. Forgot me 
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of life after life. During the break, we had a message from Christopher saying, I struggle which days uh, to know which days you're live. And I understand, I totally understand, because there's so many uh, pre-recorded programs at the moment. We're only live on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and I know some people uh, get delayed broadcasts as well. So today is the 20th of July. And uh, we are live on the 20th of July, Thursday, the 20th of July. So thanks for texting, Christopher, and uh, we will try to clarify that more in the future so that our listeners know when we're live and uh, when it's a recording. So, 
Have you ever had a near-death experience or brushed death in some way? That's the question for today. We'd love you to answer. Text us in on 0488880891. So, David, uh, life after life is our topic for today. And uh, we're going to have a look at what happens when you die and uh, whether or not there's more to it than what uh, many believe, which is just that's it. So uh, let's uh, start off and uh, dig into this topic a bit. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So today we want to look at this biggest issue that faces every single one of us without exception. There's a saying that says you can. there's two things in life you can't avoid, and it's death and taxes. Now, you might be able to minimise your taxes, but you certainly can't do anything about death. It comes to all of us. Mm. But is there anything else? This is the big question. Or, or is this life all we get? If Some people would say, well, if this life is all we get, then it's really not much. And I agree. You know, some people really, <coughs> really struggle uh, in life. And, 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 it, and it really hurts, I suppose, that I have had a reasonably good life. And yet some people in some countries have not a semblance of the life that I have. Mm. We forget that sometimes. You know, mm. we get a bit... We get a bit uh, entitled, I think. Mm. But first, before we look at our text that we're looking at today that will give us a founding for what we're talking about, let's pray and then we'll look at the text. So uh, I'm just going to pray for our listeners. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have your word, that we can rely on it and trust it. And we pray that as we read it today, you will give us understanding through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the text I would like you to read today, Jason, is Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verses 9 and 10. And today we're going to read it from the New King James Version. Sure. So this says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity. For that is your portion in life and the labor which you perform under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. That's pretty plain. And when I, when I hear what uh, King Solomon is saying there, I hear the voice of someone who has experienced a lot and has realised, do you know what? It really doesn't mean much. Mm. That's that's what I feel. It almost is like Solomon is depressed. Yeah, he, he, he was certainly uh, putting across a lot of uh, negativity. Of, uh, negativity. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Let me use an illustration to start here. You know, he says there's no knowledge in the grave. Uh, you've heard the saying that you can't take it with you when you go. Well, there was a, and I'm sure this is just a joke, but. There was a story I heard once about a man who says, I don't care whether you can take it with you or not when you go, I'm going to take all my money with me. I'm very, he was very wealthy. So he said to his wife, make sure you put all my money in the coffin with me. She said, okay, no worries. So when he died, she wrote a check for all of the money that he owned and she put it in the, the coffin with him and said, well, he can cash that when he gets there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the joke is, it's funny because he really took nothing, mm. you know. But in reality, there really is nothing we can take with us when we die. There is an exception to that, but we'll talk about it later on towards the end. We start with nothing and we end with nothing. So as Solomon says, what's the point of this vain life here and now? Mm. 
Is there anything else? And if so, what is it? <laughs> it's a deep question, isn't it? It is. And uh, I think it's worth um, thinking about, you know, what is the mm. meaning of our life? Mm. Yeah, because what we think about life now, actually, and if there is anything later, actually impacts how we live. Mm. It really does. If you think there's nothing else after life, you will live it up and you will buy the biggest, um, have the most, you know, all of those things because you think, well, this is all I get, so I might as well enjoy it. Mm. So today in our journey of discovery as, uh, as to what this life is about, whether there's anything else more than this, it actually starts by looking right back at the beginning that we touched on how we're created so in this very um, trustworthy book, the Bible, it outlines where we came from and it says that we were created in the image and likeness of God. It says that in Genesis one twenty six and 27. And this means that we were created both to be like and to look like God. That's a very interesting statement. Mm. In the being like, we were made to reason, rule, think, judge, create, care, do all of those character things. That's the way we were being like God. So we're able to reason, make moral decisions about how we act in relation to both God and other beings. And now this doesn't come from the theory of evolution. Theory of evolution is survival of the fittest. Um, and, you know, dog eat dog, get to the top. <coughs> But it does come from God. He is a moral being. So because we're made to be like him, we're able to think deeply about the results of our actions. We're able to plan and create incredible things. And it always amazes me how some people can look at a desolate, run-down house, if you like, and imagine what it's going to be like when it's renovated and finished. Now, I can't do that. You know, I just see a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but some people can do that, and it shows me the creativity that God's put within us. Mm. He's made us to be able to make good judgments about other people, um, about their actions, and what constitutes a moral or an immoral choice. When we look at someone and we see he killed this person, you know, we don't just go, oh, well, he was stronger. We go, no, that was a wrong thing to do. Mm. Why? Because mm. God said don't kill. That's the basis of it. Mm. And so we have this moral moral fiber within us why does why does god create us like this why did he rule make us to rule over some people and i rule i mean you know be in authority if you like mm. and over creatures and things of the world and look after it why not just make us like the brute beasts that live for themselves and fight to be the best why were we built to care for each other and that's because God created us to interact not just with each other, but he created us to live in community with him. And originally he intended that to go on forever. So now how we live impacts who we'll be later. So when God created us, he, he gives us an idea the way God created us. He gives us an idea about whether there's a hereafter or not. So God creates Adam. And he creates every part of him, the complexity of his brain and everything he creates. It. And then he breathes this spark into him and his consciousness begins. His synapses begin firing and the great mind that God had created within his head begins functioning and he builds memories and pictures and knowledge. I imagine he would have been like a full grown man, but he would have been like a toddler. And he would have been asking God all these why questions. Well, what's that? And what's this? And why Why are the clouds? Well, he doesn't see any clouds. But why is this up here? And why is that down there? And, he, and God would have been answering all these questions for him. 
this formula for life has remained the same right down through the following centuries. It's not just the oxygen that gives us life. And I can explain that as uh, I once I hit a dog. No, I didn't hit the dog. I, I drove, uh, I parked, and I went into a um, news agency, and there was a little dog on the side of the road. And when I came out of the agency, the news agency, he'd just been hit. And he was, he was just in his, his death throes there on the side of the road. Now, if I had waited 10, 15 minutes or so and then uh, gone up and just breathed oxygen into this dog, it wouldn't have come back to life. Mm. No way. Mm. Because life takes more than just oxygen. It takes this spark. Um, and, and that's something that only comes from God. We can't restore that. Mm. So God makes this physical form. And it seems like that we're like God the Son. When God the Son turns up on the earth in different times and then he comes as Jesus, he looks like a human. And I often wonder, is it because that's what he looked like and he made us to look like that? And that's why he turns up like that. Mm. <laughs> that that's something I've always wondered about. Mm. So through God the Holy Spirit, we're able to have this connection, this life, if you like. And there's, so there's the parts of different parts of God. There's the knowledge of God the Father. There's the community or connection with the Spirit. And there's the life that comes from Jesus. So when we're disconnected from God, we eventually lose this spark, if you like, because that spark of life comes from him. Mm, absolutely. So we were created, as that first song said, we were created in the image of God, and uh, and mm. uh, we know that God is Father, Son, and Spirit, and so in That's that wrong. in that context, we are made um, in some way like, like him, like Him, like Father, yeah, Son, and Spirit. Yeah. So. And and look, I believe He's so diverse, Jason. You know that that He. This is why He creates male and female. You know, generally, men and women are different. You know, men can think one directionally usually, and women can think of a lot. You know, mm. when they look at you, they look at you with their eyes, but they see all of you. Mm, yes. <laughs> Whereas a man looks at you with his eyes, and you know where he's looking. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Okay. Well, um, we've had uh, a question come in, uh, an answer to our question come in, and uh, we'll digest that during the break, and we'll uh, read that on air after the break. But uh, mm. our question for today is, have you ever had a near-death experience or brush death in some way? So do text us in zero four double eight double eight zero. 891 and remember later in the program we've got our book offer coming up it's a, it's not a book today actually is it? it's a dvd so we've got a, a, That's right. a different one today so we've got a dvd offer coming up later so stay tuned for more information about that this is face to face by zach williams oh i'm a traveler far from home i get lost but i press on cause there's a mansion and streets of gold where i belong yes there's a day coming soon where the old will be made new And heaven's glory shines like the morning Before I rise 
made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. Really mucked that one up. <laughs> and uh, today we're speaking with David Maxwell uh, on the series Are You Listening? And it sounds like some people are listening today because we've had uh, two now responses for, for our question today, which was, have you ever had a near-death experience or brushed death in some way? And uh, Margie says... Morning, gentlemen. I've had three near-death experiences. Unfortunately, the same cause. I've had diverticulitis four times. Three of the first four, I didn't recognise the seriousness of the gut infection and was treated in hospital. But my lights had gone out. Thank the Lord for doctors' quick reactions and IV treatments. All unbeknown to me. I know that when death comes to me, I'll be unaware of it, hopefully, and that when I awaken, I will see my Lord. So it doesn't worry me at all. Oh, that's a great Ooh. attitude to have. And that's the that's the uh, perspective we can have when we have faith in Jesus. And uh, David from Western Australia says, good morning, Jason and David. He got hit by a car when he was... Um, in, this was in 1974, so a little time ago, when he was 10 years old on the way to primary school, and uh, it was his dad's mate who was driving in Floriot Park. He broke his left collarbone, and then again in 1994, he was hit by another car, a radiologist who was backing out of a car park, and uh, he couldn't see him uh, because of a wall that was rather tall, six-foot-tall uh, limestone wall. He broke the same collarbone. And uh, David says that uh, two times is enough. (laughs) He says the third time might uh, put him to sleep, I think, the sleep of death. (laughs) Three strikes and you're out, eh? So uh, let's pray that that does not happen uh, to David. Absolutely. Thanks for texting in this morning. It's great uh, to have your response. So, David, before the break, you were saying that, you know, God gives us this spark of life, and it's not mm. it's not something that man can do. You know, once somebody has has passed, there's nothing that people can do to put that spark back into them. Mm. Um, but he, he also made us to live in community with him. So, yeah, um, so what's really going on when a person dies? 
Yeah, thanks, Jason. Look, that's a really good question. And it's very, very relevant because if God made us to live forever with him in community, then what happens when this present life ceases? Like Margie said, she doesn't remember anything of those times when she was uh, unconscious in the, in the hospital. Mm. So do we go on to another life? Like some people say, you know, when I, when I was in the hospital, I experienced this, this bright light and I went down a corridor and all of these sorts of things. So do we go on to another life? Or if what the Bible says is true, why do we die at all? He only says that, you know, he'll make sure that the righteous don't die. Mm. Well, well, what's he talking about with that? So when the, what I said earlier was that God didn't originally intend for us to die, but rather to live forever with him in perfect community. However, that was on a condition of obedience to him and staying connected with him. But he also created us with a free will or the ability to choose who to obey, whether him or not, you know, do our own thing. And Adam and Eve were able to choose which leader they wanted to follow, the creator God that they had interaction with for quite some time, or this created angel that came along and was contesting God's leadership. Unfortunately for us and the rest of mankind, that's the choice that Adam and Eve chose. They chose to follow this creative, created angel, Lucifer, who we know as, as Satan today. So in doing so, as we've discussed in previous programs, they separated themselves from the source of eternal life. Now, as we've also discovered, because God is gracious, he didn't take back that spark of life immediately, but he allowed them to have time to see the full gamut of what this this being was like and then to choose, you know what, I, I think we've made a bad choice. I don't want to follow this guy. I want to stick with God. Or, or, or to say, you know what, I, I like this way of living. So he gave us the option. And Adam and Eve were told, well, Adam, certainly from God, don't eat of the tree because when you eat it, um, you will die. And that'll be the end of it when you eat it, you know, afterwards. That's my literal paraphrase. And Satan comes along and says, no, you won't. Mm. <laughs> they believe him. So when they disobeyed, they got to experience with what death was like because God had to kill a lamb to provide coverings for them. So they saw what death was like, a cessation of life. And that killing of the lamb was the example of Jesus who would later come, take our place so that we could inherit his eternal life again. So what God was warning them of was a simple fact. The dirt plus this life force equals a living person. <clears throat> After sin, when that borrowed life force leaves our bodies, our bodies go back to the dirt. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You've heard them say yeah. that at a funeral. Yeah. Everything we were as a person ceases at, point, at, at that point. So let me read a couple more verses from Ecclesiastes. It says, For the living know they will die. This is Ecclesiastes 9.5. The living know they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no more reward. The memory of them's forgotten. Their love, their hatred, their envy have all perished. Never more will they have a share in anything done under the sun. So people don't come back and haunt you. Mm. That is something else. Maybe we'll look at that another time. So down in verse 10 again, it says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. That pretty much sums up. When you go to the grave, you don't know anything. You don't go on to some other place. So some have said it's just like a sleep. 
it's a it's an unconsciousness when you die mm. we don't go to another plane like socrates or, or plato's called it no there's an unconsciousness in the grave and this is something that people in the bible understood many many people in the bible understood and i only have a few minutes so i'm going to look up a couple of them for us because some of these are really important to hear the first one is in uh, Daniel chapter 12. So the angel speaking to Daniel tells him this. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, he says, And many of those who, this is speaking about Jesus' return. Yeah. At that time, he says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Jesus says in John 11, uh, 11, oh, sorry, I missed a verse that I was going to read there in verse 13. Uh, right at the end there, the angel says to Daniel, but you go your way till the end for you shall rest mm. and, and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. So that's quite clear that the angel knows and he's telling Daniel, so Daniel knows that death is asleep. It's interesting. Where do we sleep? It's interesting, isn't it? Even the saying that people use, you know, rest in peace. It's yeah, actually quite yeah. a good saying because that's how it is. We're sleeping. We're resting in peace. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're not suffering somewhere. Mm. We're not going to our reward straight mm. away. Mm. That comes later. That's mm. like Jesus is talking about when he returns. So in John chapter 11 and verse 11 to 14, this is what Jesus himself says. He says, these things he said enough that he said to him, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I might wake him up. Then his disciples said to him, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So it's quite clear that people in the Bible knew this because Jesus told them. So Old Testament, the angels speak to Daniel. Old Testament, you have Job. Um, New Testament, Jesus is speaking. John records it. Mark records it. Matthew records it. Dr. Luke records it. Um, Paul records it. Peter records it. And John records it in Revelation as well. And these are just a few. It's a few of people who say death is like a sleep. Mm. Mm. It's, uh, it's interesting because this is on one... Um point that we sort of almost agree with an atheist in that you know when we die we just turn back to the dust and i guess that's what atheists also believe but there's something more for us isn't there so. there is there is it's the clear teaching of the whole bible in genesis god says to adam don't eat or your life will end and god gives them grace it doesn't end immediately but it does end mm. satan comes along and he says no it won't and that lie has been perpetuated right down through history in different ways. Clearly, I think God knew what he was talking about, but it doesn't have to be the end forever, which we'll look at in a moment. <laughs> We've got our offer today, our DVD video offer. It's called The Scripture Mysteries Number 7. There's obviously a series of these, but this is number 7, Death, Near Death and Life After Death. And it's by Anchor Point Films, this uh, production. One of the greatest questions of life is death. What happens after we die? People have different opinions ranging from heaven, hell, reincarnation, 
and others believe that when you die, you just turn back to dirt. This documentary DVD looks at history, archaeology and the Bible to get answers to this very important question. So do stay tuned after the break. We've got a, another uh, listener question to, or listener response to share as well. So uh, stay tuned. We'll give you the code right after the break. This is uh, a song called When I Wake Up to Sleep No More by the Marshall Family. What a glad thought, some wonderful morning Just to hear Gabriel's trumpet sound When I wake up, up to sleep no more Rising to meet our blessed Redeemer With a glad shout I'll leave the ground When I wake up to sleep no more When I wake up, some glad morning sleep no more Jewels adorn, how happy I'll be Over in glory Telling the story with the redeemer of all the ages Praising the one who I adore When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more Glory to God, I'll have a new body Changed in the twinkling of an hour When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more Bound for the sea upon high When I wake up When I wake up to sleep no more When I wake up Some glad morning Sleep no more Jewels at dawn How happy I'll be Over in glory Tell the story With the redeemed of all the ages Praising the one who I adore When I wake up When I wake up to sleep no more Wake up some glad morning, sleep no more. Jews adore, how happy I'll be over in glory. Tell the story with the reading of all the ages, praising the one who my adore. When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no more. When I wake up, when I wake up to sleep no You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today with David Maxwell, Life After Life on the series Are You Listening? Now, we've definitely had some people listening this morning. We've had another response to our question. Uh, now, this is uh, David's, uh, sorry, Christopher's testimony that um, he has shared before where he was uh, skydiving. And he jumped out of a plane at 3,000 metres and uh, his parachute did not open and the emergency parachute also did not open and uh, he landed in a paddock. Um, He was uh, with an instructor and uh, by God's grace he lived. Unfortunately, I think his instructor passed away in that accident but it's amazing how... Uh, Christopher has survived and he lives to tell the story and he's got a YouTube video which I have watched so thank you for sharing Christopher Uh, he says um, have a happy day to you and your listeners so yeah thank you thank you for sharing Christopher Um, our book offer 
don't let's not forget that our it's not a book offer it's a dvd offer i keep on forgetting that <laughs> our dvd today the code is listen 20 listen 20 text that in to 0488 880891 only two copies so first two in we'll receive a copy of that dvd today david before the break uh, we were saying that um Death for humans is just like an unconscious sleep. Uh, the Ooh. Bible describes it as sleep. Jesus described it as sleep. Um, and so the question is, when do we wake up and uh, what happens after that? Yeah, that's a great and logical question. So if it's like sleep, when you go to bed at night, you wake up in the morning. And it's the same for this spiritual sleep. There's a time when everyone who has ever died will wake up again. Let me illustrate. There's a saying that goes, if you lie down with dogs, you'll wake up with fleas. This saying actually means that bad company corrupts, or for want of a simple explanation, you choose your own future, so choose wisely. That's really what it's saying. You know, be careful where you lie down. (laughs) Mm. So likewise, what happens to each of us after this life depends solely on what we do during this life. So let me explain. There's a lot of verses that support this simple idea or or logical human observation. For example, in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, after describing the events just before Jesus returns, it says, as we read, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So clearly this shows two things. When Jesus returns, everyone who has ever died are sleeping in the dust. Okay, the ones that have died mm. are sleeping in the dust. They're not in heaven. They're not suffering at a place, some place called hell. They're sleeping in the dust. That's what it is. And, and it's an interesting term because that's what we become. If you look at what happens to a person and you look at them long enough in the grave, they turn back to dust. Secondly, when Jesus returns, there are two rewards. A life which goes on forever, or shame and disgust, the result of which will be eternal. We'll explain that fully next week, okay? But there's, just for today, there's there's two rewards, life and a lack of life. That's really what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. In John five twenty eight to 29, Jesus himself also explains it with two resurrections. And what he says is the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves... Not just the good ones, but all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who've done good to the resurrection of life and those who've done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And that word means judgment or separation. Again, it shows two things. Everyone is in the grave when Jesus comes back and there will be two rewards, eternal life or eternal separation. Now, if you... As we said earlier, if God is the source of life and you are separated from the source of life, what do you have? Do you have life? No. You have, you have a lack of life, You have, which is death. <laughs> mm. That's what a lack of life is. So that's what that is saying. Now, we're going to dig more into that next week, but let's just continue with this idea. So there are many, many other verses that explain this same idea, and basically it comes down to choice. Now, God wants us to live, and he's actually done everything possible to make that possible. And, and, and let me just read another verse in the Bible that actually tells us that God 
wants us to live. And it's in Ezekiel, and I've read this before, but I want to read it again because it's so powerful. And it's in Ezekiel chapter 18, and there's two verses, <coughs> verse 23 and 32. So you can remember it easily, chapter 18 of Ezekiel, 2, 3, and 3, 2. So verse 23 says, this is God speaking to Ezekiel. He says, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? Two things it says there. The wicked do die, and it's not what God wants. He wants us to live. So there's two options, live or die. God wants us all to live. And down in verse 32, he reiterates this by not so much as a question, but a statement. He says in verse 32, For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. So God is clearly not talking about the physical death. He's talking about the, the life or death that goes on forever. So if you're dead... It's unconscious, isn't it? That's what we've read. Mm, sleeping. So, like, yeah, like sleeping. So, so if you're dead forever, you're unconscious, you are not aware of what's going on mm. forever. Mm. If you're alive, you have life. Mm. It's not life of suffering, it's a life together with God in community. That's what he's promising. That's what he's promising. Mm. And in the end, it's our choice. God wants us to live with him and he's done everything possible and now he wants us to choose him he wants us to be like him he wants us to he wants to change us to be like him but he won't force us Deuteronomy 30:19 uh, says we have a choice John 3:16 says we have to choose and each of these verses basically says the same thing so I bring you back to my opening illustration taking it with you now it was a joke of course <clears throat> as far as i know it was a joke and it was mostly true though however as i said there is one thing you can take with you when you wake up and that's your character in a verse i read earlier it said that the then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to god who gave it but it's interesting that from what we've already read, it's not our conscious being, but our spirit or life spark that God gave us that returns to God. But what makes us a person, if you like, what brings us into being and makes us a person. What happens then for us is consciousness ends and we rest in the grave until he comes to wake us up. However, there's another verse uh, that I quoted that shows that God knows what our character is. He knows the character of who I am. He knows who it belongs to. When that life force goes back to God, it appears he knows who it came from, which, mm. which I think is really comforting. He preserves that in some way, and we, we spoke about that last week after the program. So. Mm. Yeah, we did. We did. Mm. It says in First Thessalonians 4.14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And I would suggest that means he will bring the characters with him mm. of those who've died believing in him, and he reunites them with new bodies, and then we come back to life. Mm. We, we come back to life, and we are that person, but without all those sinful tendencies and everything. 
So I see how important this life is in preparing for the next. If you want a life that goes on forever with Jesus, then don't delay, but rather choose to accept him today and spend the rest of your life preparing your character with Jesus' help, of course, for the life that he has in store for us in the future. So if you want to know more about that, please get in touch with us and we'll give you some more information, perhaps some resources that can help. Mm. David, uh, the model that I was thinking of last week that I've shared with people, it's a bit like a computer backup. And, uh, you know, it's like mm. God, God takes a backup of our character and he preserves yes. that. And uh, when he recreates us, he restores not, not all of us. Part of it. He, he Part doesn't, of it. Yeah, he doesn't re- restore the corrupted and the, the bad stuff, but he, he brings back the good stuff. So, um, yeah. We've, we did have one more text from Christine. It's a little bit long to share all of it, so mm. I'll just say that uh, she was uh, in, involved in a near uh, accident and uh, mm. she had children in the car, but uh, she praises God that uh, God allowed a path through the, uh, the situation yeah. that, that could have been a terrible situation. So wow. thanks, Christine, for sharing. Mm. Uh, next week, David, what are we talking about? Next week we're talking about um, a thousand years of peace and as we discover what happens when Jesus returns and for the first thousand years afterwards. Awesome. And, of course, next Wednesday we're back with David Leo with the topic of Jesus as life. And uh, do remember, if you're in the Tasmanian area, the southern Tasmania, our Faith FM dinner, um, you should be hearing those uh, ads uh, being advertised on the air. So we'd love to see you next Saturday night. This last song is Never Lost by Kane and Essential Worship. God is speaking. Are you listening? Thanks, Jason. We'll see you next week. Lazarus and your voice is calling me out